Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. You can't help but to give him praise, to honor him, to thank him. It's because of him that we move. We breathe, we have our very being. So if you're here today, and even watching by TV, stand up in your house today if you're able to. Lift your hands to the great I Am and tell him thank you for another day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing us to be here today. Thank you, God. He's such a wonderful, amazing Savior. Hallelujah. So today, if you have your Bibles, you can look at Psalm 8. That's going to be our call to worship, but I'm going to read it out of the Translation Bible. And it it reads, God's majesty, Yahweh, our sovereign God, Your glory streams from the heavens above, filling the earth with the majesty of your name. People everywhere see your splendor. You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. Strength rises up with the chorus of infants. This kind of praise has power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. We was back there in the back. I'm going to pause for a second. We was back there in the back talking. A person said, Pastor, what did you do to have God make it snow again twice in one week? The glory of God, he decides when the snows will come down, when the sun will shine, when the rain will come. Back to the scripture. When I gaze at your moon and your stars mounted like jewels in the settings, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. But I have to ask you this one question. Why would you bother with a puny mortal man or care about human beings? Yet what honor you have given to men created only a little lower than the angels. With glory and magnificence, you have delegated them to rulership over all you have made with everything under their authority placing earth itself under the feet of your of your image bears all the created order and every living thing of the earth and sky and sea the wildest beasts and all that move in their paths the submission of sons you are the great Yahweh our sovereign God your glory streams from the heaven above filling the earth, filling the majesty of your name, and people everywhere see your splendor and will shout your praise. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Let's approach his throne. Father, we are so glad to be here on this April the 25th, 2021. Hey, God, we bless your name for allowing us to wake up this morning. Father, we know that there are some of the saints who have gone on to glory and precious are they. But we who are alive and remain in this earth will give you glory. Father, flow today, Holy Spirit, through this service, through those who are watching online, God, even in our very homes, bring healing and deliverance and salvation and restoration so that we can continue to give you praise, to give you honor, to give you glory, because you are the great I am. We shout hallelujah to you, oh God. We give you praise, for you are the great one. Now, Father, flow through pastor today. The words that he speak, may they bring life to us in the name of Jesus. And as we go about, Lord God, doing this service, let us be sensitive to your leading, Holy Spirit. We bless you, Lord, and we praise you and all the people of God. Come on, all the people of God, shout hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give God praise wherever you are. Come on, you don't have to stop clapping. Lift up your hands and give our God praise, honor, and glory. If you could just think of one thing that he's done for you, I want you right now to open up your mouth and just tell him thank you. If he's brought you out, tell him thank you. If he's covered you, tell him thank you. Come on, open up your mouth. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we lift you up, Father. We exalt your name. We lift you up, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're worthy. Hallelujah. And we're going to continue to lift you above any and everything. Is that anybody's testimony here today? We're going to lift you regardless of what's going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Just clap your hands right here. Yeah. Come on. Everybody clap your hands.
He's an awesome God. We lift Him up today. Come on, hallelujah. Yeah. Come on, let's say hallelujah. Come on, if you know him to be great. 
you're going to continue to lift them. Come on, do I have any faith-filled people in here that no matter what we're facing in front of us, we're going to continue to lift them higher because we know that he has all power. Come on, does anybody know that he has all power? Come on, one more time if you know it. Come on, say he has all power. Come on, if you're determined to lift him, come on, open up your mouth and give him praise. If you're determined to lift him, you ought to show it. Come on, you can clap your hands. Praise his name. Last time, all power. Jesus. We give him praise because he's worthy of it. That's that's the long and short of it. That's he's just been good to us. God be praised. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. You may be seated. Welcome. We are so glad that you are worshiping. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us whether you're worshiping here in the sanctuary or the majority of people are worshiping with us virtually. Those who are in the e-congregation this morning, God bless you and thank you for being here. We're grateful to God for this opportunity to worship together, whether in person or virtually. We're grateful to God for the technology that he has given and for the people behind the technology who allow us to be together, although we can't all be here in the sanctuary. God bless you. We are just glad to be together, very frankly. Uh, let me thank you, those uh, workers in education who came uh, and picked up your gifts last week from the church. Um, there are a few who still need to come and get theirs. We are holding them for you one more week before I go in your goodie bag and start wearing your stuff myself. Uh, the next group of essential workers that we are going to honor are those in the healthcare field, those uh, nurses, those, uh, we've got nurse practitioners, uh, we've got uh, medical students, we've got um, janitorial staff, we have people who work in hospitals, in nursing homes, uh, who had to continue working during this pandemic, putting their own lives on the line so that the rest of us could be safe and healthy. And we as a church family just want to say thank you. Prayerfully, you got my one call earlier this week, um, but you have until tomorrow to uh, to turn in those names of Mount Calvary members who are essential workers in the healthcare field um, who continued working during this pandemic. Let me also make you aware or just remind you that we have Holy Convocation coming up uh, in just a few weeks, uh, the week of May the 19th through the 23rd. And, uh, and leading up to Pentecost Sunday, we are going to be consecrating ourselves, pushing back from the table. Uh, we begin our time of fasting beginning next Sunday. That is May 2nd already, uh, next Sunday, and we will fast for 21 days. I would that you would pray and ask the Lord what uh, food you should abstain from during our fast. 
uh, here at Mount Calvary, we try to keep it simple, right? Um, there are those who teach, you know, you fast from this, you fast from that. Uh, when I read the Bible, there is only, uh, the only fast that is referred to is a fast from food. And, uh, and so I'm asking that you pray and ask the Lord what food item you should abstain from for the 21 days beginning next Sunday. Um, all of us, no matter um, how you eat, all of us have something that we can give up to say to our flesh, flesh, shut up, I'm listening to God. He's going to speak louder than you do. All right? Um, so, so do that if you would, and we will set aside time as well for prayer. As a matter of fact, um, next Sunday, we will have prayer journals ready for you. Uh, those who are here in service can pick them up when you come. Uh, if you're not here in service, you can pick them up from the deacons for about an hour, hour after service uh, in the parking lot. Or you can stop by the church and grab one in that following week. Or you will be able to download it online um, and you can print it off yourself or not print it off. Look at your screen and follow along with us. If you are under doctor's care, I would ask that you would say something to your doctor, leave him a message, send him uh, something on my chart, uh, send him a, 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 an email, something that says, uh, hey doc, this is what I'm planning to do. Uh, how do you feel about it? Uh, my final instruction about the fast is keep it simple. All right. The idea of fasting is not to concentrate on what you can't eat. Okay. It is to set aside time for prayer and uh, and communion with God. Keep it simple. All right. Good. Let me. Uh, there are a couple of other things that I need to mention. Um, I do want to make the Mount Calvary family aware. Uh, you all know I told you a few weeks ago uh, that Doctor Cookie. And, uh, and Minister Chucky had uh, their baby while we were out on break, uh, young Chip. And, uh, and so uh, Dr. Cookie has asked to be relieved from her children's ministry responsibilities. And uh, Minister Ashley Miller has consented. She has agreed to serve as interim director of children's ministries. Uh, later on in the year, I've got some other plans for her. But in the meantime, she is going to keep our children's ministry up and running. Uh, would you pray for her? And, uh, and those who, who work in the children's ministry, would you work with her as we um, continue to protect our greatest asset, that is our children? Uh, Brother Jonathan, I'm glad to see you uh, back with us. Uh, I didn't uh, tell everybody, but your, uh, he was sick. He was out last week, uh, spent a little time in the hospital but I'm glad you're back up and at them. Let me say just a word about, um, we've, we as a country have experienced a whole lot this week uh, with the Derek Chauvin trial. Um, I think most of us are pleased with the outcome, but the fact that most of us were surprised by a guilty verdict on all three charges says a lot about where we are as a nation and uh, and so the work continues and just in case we needed reminding of that um, just up the street um, in Columbus the 16 year old uh, Micaiah I think is how you pronounce it um, was gunned down gunned down by Columbus police 
and let me officially, as, uh, as president of the Ohio Baptist General Convention and pastor of Mount Calvary, let me join my voice with others in calling for a justice department, for the Justice Department to investigate the city of Columbus Police Department. Um, their own study found that between 2015 and 2019, black residents accounted for almost half of all use of force incidents while making up only about 28% of the city's population. All we're saying is somebody needs to take a look into what's going on and find out what's wrong because something is wrong. Since 2015, 30 people have been fatally shot by Columbus police. 20 of the 30 were black. And five of those were under 18. All I'm saying is, we just want the opportunity, even if we've done something wrong, to be led away in handcuffs and given a fair trial like others. That's all. That's all I'll say about it for now, um, but I won't leave it alone. All right. I think that's all of my observations. We're going back to First John chapter three. We're first back to First John chapter three. Miss um, Val and the music ministry is going to come and minister. And then we will get into our study for the day. Sorry, Ms. Val, I guess I, I should have uh, given you all something a little more upbeat to, to go into. That's just where we are right now, though. It's honestly okay because the song that we're singing um, is called Revive Us, which means to give us new energy and to restore us. And so it's all fitting. Um, anybody need to be restored? Anybody need new energy, the Lord to revive us? Hallelujah. Come on. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy Lord. Oh! 
chapter 3 I am beginning at verse 11 from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures if you don't have your Bible with you it's there on the screen you can follow along um, nope that's not it it's 1 John chapter 3 not John chapter 3 if you don't have your Bible then you just have to listen 1 John chapter 3 starting at verse 11 for this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Verses 11 through 18 of 1 John chapter 3. Thank you, Mountain Media. Y'all are on it. Thank you. You may be seated. When we were together last week, we looked at what John had to say about where we place our focus, right? We were in the first two verses of this passage of Scripture. And he says, behold, that is, take a look at this, pay attention to this, focus on what great love the Father has lavished on us. And he goes on to tell us that God loved us so much that he made it possible for us to be called his children, and that's what we are. 
I mean, John really lays it on us. He tells us that even though we may not look like much now, he says it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know this, when Christ appears, we'll be like him because we're going to see him as he is. And by the time you get down to our lesson for today, we discover that we've really been set up by John. John has reeled us in. He has uh, talked about this love that God the Father has for us, his children, because the love that has been lavished on us, it turns out that we're supposed to do something with that love overflow. I alluded to it last week. I told you we ought to pay attention to the wording that John used. That word in the King James Version is bestowed, but that doesn't quite speak to the severity of this love. You see, uh, when we read bestowed, most of us just think given, right? Behold what manner of, of love the Father has given, but it's deeper than that. New Living Translation says, see how very much the Father loves us. I love the, the New International Version that we read. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. In other words, he has given us love enough to share. And so it makes sense then that by the time you get down to verse 11, John drops the bomb on us. He says, this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. As a matter of fact, just in case we miss it in verse 11, he says it even more strongly down in verse 14 so that there is no misunderstanding. We know that we have passed from death to life, not because we go to church every Sunday, not because we can recite Bible verses from memory, not because we pray loud and long, not because we speak in tongues, not because we lay hands on the sick, not because we give the most money, not because we sing in the choir, not because we serve as an usher or serve in the deacon ministry or even not because we preach to the people. We know that we have passed from death to life. We know that we're saved because we love each other. John says, anyone who does not love remains in death. Now before you tune me out, before you scroll down and click on somebody else's live stream, before you say, Pastor, I love everybody. We need to take a deeper look at this love because we are often quick to say, I love everybody. But y'all know C.S. Lewis. Y'all remember the Chronicles of Narnia? He was a great writer and, and a theologian. And he put it like this. It is easier to be enthusiastic about humanity with a capital H than it is to love individual men and women. Loving everybody in general may be an excuse for loving nobody in particular. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said that love is the way that all men will know that you are my disciples. Love is the dead giveaway that you belong to me. Love is the sign that you are mine. Love is how people will tell that you are students of mine. You can speak with tongues of men and angels, but if you don't have love, you won't be saying anything. Even if you have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, if we don't have love, it doesn't amount to much. Even if we have a faith that can move mountains, if we don't have love, so what? Who cares? Give away all your stuff if you don't have love. 
How will people know that we belong to him? And so, as we continue to look at what it means to be his church, what it means to live church, not just go to church, what it means to be his people, we got to take a deeper look at love. So let me just preach for a little while. That's what I want to preach from today, a deeper look at love. Would you say that? A deeper look at love. Now that word that John uses here for love is the word agape. If you've been in church any length of time, you've probably heard that word. It's just one of the Greek words that is used to describe love. There are several. Uh, one of the words that is used to describe love in the Greek vocabulary was eros, E-R-O-S, describing, as the word would suggest, an erotic love or a sexual love. That That's not the word that John is using here. Another of the of the Greek words that is used for love is storge. That is a familial love, like the love that flows between family members. And while it seems like that would be appropriate, that's not the word that that John uses here. There's another word, philia, as in Philadelphia, the, the city of brotherly love. Philia is another word that the ancient Greeks used to describe a type of love that is brotherly love, a brotherly friendship and affection. But even that strong love word is not the word that the Holy Spirit instructs John to use here. No, the word that John uses is agape, an unchanging love, a self giving love, a love that gives without demanding or expecting any repayment, a love that loves even when it's rejected, a love that loves because it wants to, a love that gives because it loves and does not love in order to receive, a love that is without limits, a love that is without condition, a love without any fine print, if you will. This is the love that we have received, and this is the love that we are called on as the church of the living God, as children of the King, this is the love that we are called on to give. You know what Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, as I have loved you, so you also must love one another. Sometimes we get stuck at love others as you love yourself. But the problem is the way you love yourself isn't complete enough. Jesus said, as I have loved you, that's the love you give to others. And that really brings us to our first stopping point today. And that is, number one, the demonstration of love. The demonstration of love. Look at what John says in verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Here is the example. This is the pattern. Here is the ultimate demonstration of what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. There is no greater demonstration of what love is. I could try and explain all day how love is demonstrated, but here it is in a nutshell. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You want to know what love is? Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. That's love demonstrated. You want to know what love is? For when we were without strength in due season, Christ died 
for the ungodly. I'm in Romans chapter 5. Paul said in Winston translation, uh, somebody would scarcely die for a righteous man, let alone for y'all. That's what Paul, you know, if he was writing now. But God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's love demonstrated. 1 John 4, 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. That is love demonstrated. John says the only reason we know what love really is is because of the demonstration of love at Calvary. Is there anybody in this sanctuary right now, is there anybody watching by computer or, or electronic device right now that, that is grateful for that demonstration of love at Calvary? Anybody grateful that Christ died for you? That he was hung up for your hang-ups? That he died in your place? That he died so that you could live? You see, that's why I get so excited talking about or even just thinking about the cross of Calvary because the truth is he died in my place. He died to save me. I am reminded of a preacher that used to serve here under my father in the Mount Calvary family. Um, as I look around, I don't know uh, that, that too many of you were around at, at that point, his name was James Booker. Some of you remember James Booker. Uh, he served as the janitor at the church uh, for some time. Reverend Booker is passed on now. He's in glory. You see, he died about 20 years ago. He drowned in a swimming pool. And that may not seem like much. It may seem like just a tragic accident until you consider the circumstances under which he died. Then you'll see what love looks like. You see, I don't know if you all remember, but Reverend Booker had gotten married to a woman who had a child. You all remember him? And, and one day, uh, somehow, that child ended up in a swimming pool about to drown. And Reverend James Booker, being the man that he was, he saw that the child was in danger, saw that the child was about to die, and he jumped into the swimming pool. It didn't matter to him at that time, at that point, that he didn't know how to swim. He just jumped into the pool because he knew that the child couldn't handle it and was about to die. And so he died to save the life of the drowning child. Let me, let me reel it on in here. That, that's why I can't stop talking about the cross because Jesus saw me drowning. He saw me going under, gave up his life so that I could live. Let me testify for just a minute. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. That's the demonstration of love. Anybody grateful for the demonstration of his love? Ah, uh, would that John had left it right there. We could get excited 
about the demonstration of love, we shout and go on home. But that's not all he says. Not only does he emphasize the demonstration of love here, but number two, he illuminates the obligation of love. The obligation of love. Wait a minute, Pastor. I thought you said that agape love was without condition. Love with no strings attached. It is. But don't be mistaken. This agape love that we have received has no strings attached. He will not take his love back. It has no conditions. His love will never be withdrawn, but it does have an obligation. Let me see if I can help you understand. Now, I got scolded when I got home because I mentioned one of my children by name last week. So I will not mention any, ch any child by name this week. I will just give a blanket statement that says the love that, th that their mother and I share for them is a love without condition. It is a love with no strings attached. It is a love that is not going anywhere. But that does not mean that they don't have chores. The love is unconditional. But there is some obligation that we expect in response to that love. I know I'm in the text. Let me show you. The text says in the second part of verse 16, and we ought to. Stop right there. That word ought in the original text is the word euphilo, uh, and it, it means to owe. It literally means to be in debt for something. It means that which is due. Uh, and John, prompted by the Holy Spirit, inspired his in his writing by the Holy Ghost, this is the word that John uses to describe the obligation of love. We ought to, we owe it to lay down our lives for others. I like the way the Message Bible puts it. This is why we ought to live sacrificially for our fellow believers and not just be out for ourselves. That's what John is saying here. Most of us will never be called upon to give our lives for others, right? More than likely, we will never have to die for another one of the saints. But John says we ought to lay down our lives. That is, lay aside our own lives, our own needs, our own wants. Y'all hear me? Don't tune me out. Put ourselves on hold for our brothers and sisters. God help us. Listen to me. That is completely countercultural. That very concept is the antithesis. It is the opposite of everything we are taught in the world. And unfortunately, much of the stuff we're taught in the church. We have allowed secular humanism to creep into the church of the living God. We have allowed selfish self-talk to work its way into our theology. Whereas the Bible clearly teaches that the order is God first, then others, then self. We have made the Bible say God first, then self, then others. 
We have made this walk all about ourselves and our convenience and our preferences and our wants and our time. And after I've taken care of me, then maybe if I have enough time, enough energy, enough resources, maybe I will give you some of the leftover. But let me tell you, you can't make the Bible say something that it doesn't say. The Bible says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. The Bible says each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. The Bible says in honor give preference to others. Let this mind be in you. You ought to have the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Who being in the very form God, who, who in very nature was God, did not consider equality to, with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Listen, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. I'm sorry, saints. I don't know where this selfish, me first idea of Christianity came from, but I can tell you it did not come from our Christ. That's the obligation of love, that we would lay down our lives, that we would lay aside our lives, as the King James Version says, for the brethren, for our brothers and sisters. Now, John is pretty specific here. He is talking about laying aside our lives, laying down our lives for those who are in the faith. Jeez. Uh, those, brother, those brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um, now let's clear this up. Because elsewhere we are told that we are to love our enemies. Right, Matthew 5, Jesus says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I'm telling you to love your enemies, even so much so that you pray for those who persecute you. But I believe that the suggestion here in 1 John is simple. We got to start somewhere. How in the world are we going to love our enemies if we cannot love our brothers and sisters how are we going to love the world if we can't love those in the house God help us to love one another if we the church the called out ones the saved ones the sanctified holy ghost filled tongue talking demon chasing good time having shouting dancing saints of the most high if we would learn to love one another we would do more talking to each other than talking about one another if we would learn to love one another perhaps we would do more to help each other rather than to hurt each other if we would learn to love one another just maybe we would do more praying p-r-a-y praying for each other than praying p-r-e-y on each other because there is an obligation of love and it starts at home there is an obligation to share the love 
that we have been given to reflect the love we have received. Do you know how foreign that type of love is? That type of love is so foreign that uh, probably about a year and a half ago, um, I got word that, uh, that one of the friends of the saints, who's a member of Mount Calvary, said to them, I ain't going to that church. It's a cult. I said, what? They said, I'm not going to that church. It's a cult. What makes them say it's a cult? And they went on to explain to me, because there ain't that much love in the world. That's how foreign love is in the church. I am in debt to you for love. I owe you love. I ought to love you since he loved me. And I ought to love you like he loved me. And his love for me is real. His love for me is true. His love for me is unchanging. His love for me is unconditional. Listen, his love for me covers my faults. His love for me is amazing. And that same love that puts up with my foolishness is the same love that I owe my brothers and my sisters. That's the obligation of love. I John has emphasized the demonstration of love. <clears throat> he has illuminated the obligation of love. And then finally, he examines number three, the manifestation of love. Here it is. If anyone has material possessions, and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? <clears throat> Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. In other words, if you see a need and have the wherewithal to meet the need. Love says, meet it. That's how love is manifest. See the need, meet the need. It can't be that simple. That's the long and short of it. Love has some action behind it. Love doesn't just say. Love does. Love acts. I see you need something as a Christian. I got to say more than just, I love you. If I can, I should get you what you need. Because love doesn't just say. Love acts. Love does something. 
What does love do? Love, sometimes love will give you a ride. Sometimes love will give you money for the bus or some sneakers for the walk. Sometimes love gives you somewhere to stay. Sometimes love gives you the money for a hotel for a few nights. Sometimes love just says, I'll take your kids for the night because you look like you need a break. Sometimes love prepares a meal for a single mother or a married one for that matter who's struggling just to make ends meet. I'm trying to help us. Sometimes love buys a fish dinner for somebody. Sometimes love takes the time to teach somebody how to fish. Sometimes love encourages somebody with kind words. And sometimes love corrects somebody so they'll know better and do better next time. Dear children, don't just love with words and speeches, but with actions and in truth. Aletheia, that word truth, which means with no pretense, with no deceit, with no falsehood, that's the manifestation of love. Love just sees the need and meets the need. Is there anybody in the sanctuary? Is there anybody anywhere in the world tuned into this live stream right now who knows that love sees the, sees the need and meets the need from your own personal it's anybody in the sanctuary or in front of your computer that knows that love sees the need and does something about it how do you know because you could testify if I gave you the mic love saw me down and out busted and disgusted love saw me you could testify sinking in my sin, drowning in my mess. Love saw me not fit to live and scared to die. You could testify love saw me bruised and battered, abused and thrown away. Love saw me unlovable, unreachable and downright ugly. You could testify love saw me a sinner in need of a savior but thank God love looked beyond my faults. Love met my need. Love picked me up. Love turned me around even when I was in my sin on my way to a burning hell enjoying the ride. The Lord patiently brought me. He sought me. He patiently wooed me. My daddy used to say it like this. He sought me long before I heard. Before my sinful heart was stirred. But when I took him at his word, he forgave me and he lifted me from sinking sand. He lifted me with tender hand. He lifted me from shades of night to plains of light. Oh, praise his name. He lifted me. And that same lifting love See, some of us have fooled ourselves into thinking that we can love the ones outside 
without loving the ones inside. And that's not the truth. We are called, brothers and sisters, I'm trying to help us, I'm trying to help us to be church, right? I'm trying to help us to be church. We are called to love one another that love without strings attached. I love you even if you don't speak to me. God help us. I love you even if you disappoint me. I love you even if you talk about me. I love you even if you scandalize my name. I love you. And not just with lip service, but if I see you have a need, God gives me the wherewithal to meet it. You can have it. You can't borrow it because that means you owe me. But if I have it, you can have it. That's what love looks like. Do you get it? I didn't ask if you like it. <laughs> Just if we get it. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow. That's a, um, I, I don't even remember what, what I was, what was I sick with? Was it, I don't remember. I was just, I was just on another antibiotic um, for something. I don't even remember what it was, but I promise you the pills were this big. Okay, slight exaggeration. But those antibiotics were the biggest pills I have ever had in my life, and it was difficult to swallow. But thank God, I had water. Right? And the water helped the pill to go down, and taking the prescription as prescribed, along with the water meant that I'm not suffering. I think it was the diverticulitis stuff. It was the pain that now I don't have any. Right? Jesus said, I'll give you some water that you don't have to go to the well for. It flows up out of you, right? The Holy Spirit. And if you will take this big old horse tranquilizer pill with the water, let the Holy Spirit help you to swallow this then it will do what it's supposed to do and we won't have to go around trying to convince people that we are not hypocrites we won't be hypocrites because we will love them like he love us if you believe it shout amen I want us to pray today Oh, forgive me. No, I'm not. I'm not apologizing. Maybe next week we can shout. Maybe I'll tune up next week or something. But this is uh, this is necessary stuff that we got to get if we're going to be the church. I don't know about you. I'm I'm tired of um, of being churchy without the the fruit of being the church. There are congregations all over this world that are churchy. 
Right? That's why people don't want to come in. Because you're all hypocrites. Right? Yeah, that's, that's what they say. But I don't want that to be us. I can't speak for all the congregations in the world. I only pastor one. I only pastor this congregation. As, and as for this people, I've got to lead us in the direction the Lord is, is taking us. And he is taking us in the direction of being who we are. I want God's people at Mount Calvary to be known for the love that we share, that overflowing love, so that nobody is able to say of us. They may not be able to say we're perfect, but at least they won't be able to say we're hypocrites because we show the Jesus kind of love. Minister Chris is going to come and and tell you about just what that Jesus kind of love looks like and how you have an opportunity those of you who are in the sanctuary and those of you who are watching from wherever you are you have an opportunity to experience that Jesus kind of love oh it's wonderful there's nothing better come on minister Christie. there's nothing better than knowing Jesus he'll pick you up and turn your life around just get to know him Come on, everybody. Let's say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's some awesome kind of love. That was a, a, a on-time word that Pastor gave us, a good reminder to love one another in the body. I'm going to love you even though you can't stand me. I'm going to love you. I'm going to let you walk on my back. That's the kind of love. And when we have that kind of love, we'll see people just running, saying, I want to give my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Whew. Think about it, saints. We was a mess. We was jacked up. And God loved us. Came and gave his life for us. We wouldn't even think, I know I wasn't thinking about Jesus. Well, I was a little bit. Because I was at Central State blowing my mama's money, getting high. Seeing angels, Sister Valerie, pop out from the bushes. Talking about, ooh, I see you. You getting high again, Christy. Then I met my husband, me and him. He rolling up a joint. We heading down to the convention center, getting high. Jesus. Thank you for the blood. You probably saying, Sister Christy, why are you telling your business? Because I can now. Because I was a mess. God came and shed his blood for us. And you want to give your heart to him. So if you're watching by online or you're here today and you want to know that Jesus, oh God. Whew. Something goes through me, y'all. I told y'all, almost dying from COVID not once but twice. Didn't think I was going to make it. And then I think about his love. Whoo! Here I'm rolling up on 60 this year. I can't help but giving praise. Thank you, Lord. This ain't no superficial walk. Like Pastor said, being churchy but not having the real fruit. I want the real stuff. 
I want that fruit that they say, Sister Chrissy, why you let them do you like that? I'm going through something now on my job. And people keep telling me what I ought to do. I said, I ain't saying nothing. I'm keeping my mouth shut. I'm going to let God handle it. Because I want to draw them in. So if you're here today and you want that type of love, I'm telling you, mm, I know my husband loved me. But Jesus loved me better than Reggie can. Woo, Jesus. If you're here today or you're watching online and you just want to give your heart to Jesus, if you're in the sanctuary, just slip your hand up. I'm telling you, it's the best choice you ever going to make. Raise your hand if you want to give your heart to Jesus. If you're watching online, type it in the comments. I want to commit my life to Jesus. I just want to live for him. I'm telling you, you won't look back. You, you, you won't regret it. I know sometimes we paint a picture like giving your heart to the Lord. It'll be a, a, a bed of roses. Uh-uh, every day ain't going to be no bed of roses. You're going to have some thorns with them roses. But I'm telling you, when you look back over your life and you look at what God has brought you through, you, gonna, you can't help but say, Lord, I love you and I thank you. Is there anybody here in the sanctuary? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We thank God for his love for us. Y'all put y'all's hands together because he loves us. Woo! He loves us today. Hallelujah. That was just on time, on time word for us. Talking about that love. And you know what this week? We even going to be tried this week. God going to say, uh-huh, I'm going to see how much you love me. He did it to me. He did. Last week when I get to thinking about stuff and thinking about people, he said, mm-hmm, you really love them, Christy? He said, I can't hear your prayer unless you get that at your heart. I said, you know you're right, Jesus. So this week when he try you and that sister start talking about you, or she roll her eyes at you, love them anyway. You in the grocery store, somebody cut you off, love them anyway. But then pastor said it starts within here, within us. So in the church, we truly got to love one another. Amen. Amen. All minds clear? In the book of Jude, stand up, everybody. In the book of Jude, this is going to be our assignment this week. The book of Jude, verse 20 and 21 says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress and rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Guard and keep yourselves in the love of God and expect and, and patiently wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, which will bring you into eternal life. Build ourselves up this week. Build somebody else up this week. Like Pastor said, love will give somebody some money. Say, here's a bus pass. Let's challenge one another this week to truly love one another. Cook somebody a meal this week. Amen. Go out of your way to do something kind for somebody. Put a card in the mail. Say, I'm thinking about you. I want you to be encouraged this week. I don't know what you've been going through. 
Let's really demonstrate that love for one another. Even people watching online, send somebody an instant message when you when we finish with service. Let them know I love you. I haven't seen you in a while, but I truly love you. So for all of us watching today, and this is what the benediction is. It says, now unto him who is able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling and to present you unblemished, blameless, and faultless before the presence of his glory in triumphant joy and unspeakable ecstatic delight to the only God our Savior through the Lord Jesus Christ be glory, splendor, majesty, might, and dominion, power, and authority before all time, now, and forever. Father, we thank you for keeping us this week. Watch us as we go out, Lord God. Watch over every family, watching online and those represented here today. Father, refresh our pastor this week in the name of Jesus. Thank you for keeping all of us in the Mount Calvary and all of the saints in the body. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us online. There will be a brief message after we end this service here. And in the sanctuary, we'll be directed by our ushers as we exit out. Be blessed, everyone. Thank you for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app. Or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.